Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, A. Sharad Blakely, with the co-host with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. What's going on with you, Kwani? I'm doing well. And I, of course, we, I want to talk about Team USA falling to 0-2 already in Olympic exhibitions. <sighs> What's going on with the United States of America? <laughs> you know what? I mean, they 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 look like that team that, you know, you got all the pieces, but you haven't quite figured out how to put this puzzle together. Well, there's everyone else has been working on their puzzle for months and, yeah. and, and years in some instances. They look like a team that just hasn't quite figured out how to play together. It's not about talent. I think that's that I think that's being overstated. People thinking that they're just not as good. No, that's not the issue. They just don't know how to play well with each other. And I think that they will figure that out over time. Because remember, their first two games that they lost, they had a total of maybe six days, I think, working together. You're yeah. not going to be able to compete at the highest of levels on, an, on a global stage with six days of practice. The gap between the talent overseas and internationally and the United States and Team USA is not nearly as great as it was 8, 10, 12, 20 years ago. So it's going to take them a little bit of time. I'm still expecting nothing short of a gold medal. I still believe that they're going to figure that out. And the other thing, too, is Popovich, I thought, was just kind of experimenting with a lot of different lineups and rotations and guys that he's probably not going to play as much when the games actually matter and they get to the medal round. So I'm not as freaked out about it as a lot of people are. But again, it's to me, more than anything, it's a reminder that you may be nice, but you ain't that nice where you could just show up and just knock cats out left and right. You got to actually play and play well together. That's absolutely a really valid point. And to your point about the chemistry issue, which is essentially what, their biggest problem is now when you have the best players in the world on the same team, I can't imagine that it's always going to be the easiest. You have a bunch of egos, you have a bunch of talent. It's not that easy to just have them all mesh immediately. So I'm just hoping that they bounce back a little sooner rather than later so that they can play and succeed in Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, and, and you t- you mentioned chemistry. I mean, and certainly they're working on that. But I tell you what, you look at the NBA Finals, and chemistry is not an issue for either team. I mean, Milwaukee, when their guys are playing well, they look like world beaters. The Suns, mm-hmm. their guys have been playing well, I think, throughout the entire playoffs. And yeah. they, to me, have positioned themselves to be that team to, I think, win it. I, I said from the beginning, I thought they'd win it in six, and I still feel that way. But Milwaukee is not going to go down without a fight. And they got some guys who can, you know, really get it done. They got some some guy from Greece named, what's his name? Giannis Atenta something? What, what was mm-hmm. his name? Yeah, he's Giannis. pretty good. Hey, Kwani, he's pretty good, right, Kwani? He's okay. I've heard about him. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but yes, Giannis Atentacumpo and our, actually our guest today has done more research than most journalists have about Giannis specifically. So let's welcome her in now. Mirren Fader, thank you for coming back to the pod. Oh my oh, god, I love coming up. Yeah, no, I love coming on with you guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you back because uh, it's the end of the year. Big things are happening in the NBA. Big things are happening in Mirren Fader's life. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, the NBA Finals, you've got the Milwaukee Bucks, you've got the Phoenix Suns, two teams that not a lot of people probably thought would be here at this point. Are you surprised that they're the last two teams standing? 
Yeah, I am. <laughs> but I I actually really like it. I don't know. I was noticing that people were complaining and I don't know. I just really have been enjoying it. Like I, I don't know, like obviously I have vested interest in wanting the Bucks to advance, but like when the Suns were on and they were just being such a team and swinging the ball and you could just tell they liked each other. It was exciting to me. I don't know. I was just like, wow, this is really good basketball, you know, and I, I can appreciate that. Now, as you alluded to, you do have a rooting interest in, in, in this NBA final series. But I'm curious, though, just your impressions of how this series has actually played out so far, where, you know, you know, there's great storylines on both sides uh, with both teams. But just what are your impressions of how this thing has played out? Even though, obviously, to your point, a lot of people are like poo-pooing on this because you don't got right. it's not your the way we've seen finals for like the last 10 years. As if change is not a good thing. But anyway, I digress. What are your impressions of uh, of just the final so far? I just feel like we're not even appreciating what we're witnessing right now with Giannis. Like what he's doing is something that I feel like we're going to look back on and be like, wow, I saw that game where he strung together all these 40-point performances on the highest level slash mm-hmm. while injured I feel like we're so desensitized but it is truly remarkable what's going on so it's just been so cool to see that and um I have a ton of respect for Chris Paul like you know I when I was in college and I was an intern for the Clippers that was his first year there and so you know like we watched this guy and it's like it's finally his moment so I really appreciate that it also just has been reminding me a lot about when we talk about like what makes a team you know, when the people around Giannis do really, really well, it's amazing. When they're silent, it's like you can it's, tell it, oh. it, it's so jarring. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so bad. And so it's just it's really just reinforced to me this classic idea of like to win at this level. Every single human on the team has to be extremely on all the time, the entire game. True. For those who aren't aware at this point, you did write a book about Giannis specifically. <laughs> For those who still haven't bought the book, what should they know about it? Especially now that he has gotten to the platform that he's been trying to get to for so long. Yeah. So basically, I felt like we don't really know much about Giannis. We just kind of know the the outline of his life, right? Like we know he grew up um, in a really difficult upbringing in Greece, and then all of a sudden he's an NBA MVP. But we know nothing about literally everything that happened in between. So this is like from the beginning, beginning childhood all the way up till now. It's the story behind the scenes of not just him, the basketball player, but like him, the father, him, the brother, him, the son. Um, I did 221 interviews, so reported uh, very hard during this pandemic. So, yeah, I just I'm really happy it's done. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, and the, the thing the thing that you, and you kind of touched on it is that. With Giannis, there's so many layers to who he is and what he has done to get where he's at. And and to ca- encapsulate all of that into what I believe is 400-page novel, um, which for some people says that's a lot. But you and I both know when you're putting together books, there's so much material that oh. is left on a cutting room floor that you could literally write a second and third book out of the stuff that you did not use. 
so true. I know 400 seems like a seriously big commitment, but I promise like it's not going to be boring. Um, but yeah, no, there's with Giannis, the problem was having too much because it's not just the story of him. It's the story of Milwaukee, um, because in order to understand the rise of Giannis, you have to understand the rise of the Bucks because he was so much a part of that. The only reason they're still in Milwaukee is because of Giannis. Like this man saved a franchise. Um, and so a lot of the book deals with that. And there was so much I wanted to include beyond that. And and also it just kind of contextualizes just the current climate with everything going on and, you know, his two identities, Greece and Nigeria. And so, you know, organizing this thing was just a beast. You know, I I write long form for a living. So I'm used to like, having to decide like, okay, this anecdote's better than this one. But when you just have like binders, you're like, I literally don't know what to do. Like, I do not know what to do with this. So yeah, it was definitely like, kill your darlings uh, to the extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Long form on steroids is, is, is how yes. I've, I've come to understand writing books can be. Um, yes. But the, the one thing about Giannis that I, I've always found interesting, uh, just because I think of all the different layers about him, the one that speaks to just how he's just a different kind of superstar in this generation is the decision to not only stay in Milwaukee, but sign a long-term deal that doesn't have 852 loopholes that can get him out after six months, after a year and six months, after two years. His commitment to the organization, his commitment to his teammates, uh, you don't see that level of commitment knowing that there's a lot of unknown ahead of you with the team you're with, yet you're still committed to that. That's that's unusual. It's unusual, but it's also unusual how Milwaukee committed to him. Like his rookie year, you know, there's a chapter on how much the GM, John Hammond at the time, was just so dedicated to him. I mean, they drove him places. They taught him how to drive. They introduced him to different foods. They were there around the clock for him. They gave his parents keys to the gym. Like these are people that were with Giannis from the beginning, back when nobody thought he would be Giannis, you know? So I think if you look Back to that rookie year where the only reason he gets to play is because they won 15 games. Um, and you look at now and he's tasked with making this decision to stay or not. Like he doesn't forget that, you know, these are people that mm -hmm. took a chance on him, drafting him without any medical information about him. So I, I and he's built a, a life here, you know, like visiting their home when I was reporting for the story and talking with Alex, the youngest brother and his mom, it's like, it isn't this place that they happen to be. It's it's their home, you know? And so it just, it makes sense to me that things ended up the way that they ended up with him. Yeah. And, and with John Hammond that you, you mentioned, I, I I know John Hammond going all the way back to Detroit. And, uh, you know, the way he handled things with Giannis, I thought that was uh, almost like, this is what I learned when we had Darko, who Darko mm -hmm. Militich in mm -hmm. Detroit. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that we did that worked, some of the things that we didn't work, let's take the things that worked and bring them over and when I'm dealing with Giannis. Because the, the portion where you're talking about his family, I thought that that component of Giannis was so important for his mm -hmm. growth and success. And I thought that that was a lesson learned from Darko, who came over here with no family. You know, I, I, I distinctly remember seeing his, like, first apartment. And, you know, he was joking, but he really wasn't joking. It was bigger than his entire home back, you know, it, it, you know where he came from. And that for a 18, 19 year old kid to have this type of lavish lifestyle where you don't have the grounding that you're used to with your family and your mom and your dad and your friends from since you were 17, you don't have that anymore. 
that Giannis seems to have benefited from that, and, and just he, he just seems like a really genuine, genuinely good guy. And I wish the Celtics would have drafted. I'm gonna just put that out there right now. Um, I was convinced that they were gonna draft him because they traded up that year yeah. to like I think it was 13, and I knew that. Milwaukee was going to draft Giannis because Giannis was John Hammond's kind of guy. I, I, I was convinced right. that that was going to happen. So when they moved right. up to 13, I'm spending all this damn time trying to Giannis Antetokounmpo, A-N-T-E-T-O-K-O-U-N-N-P-O, A-N-T-E-T, just working on how to say it, how to spell it, because right. I'm going to be spelling it for the. And then when they took my good friend Kelly Olenek, who I love, he ain't Giannis. Wasn't that, <laughs> yep. He wasn't that day and hasn't been a day since. Love him, though. Well, Still love him. So one of my one of my favorite interviews was actually learning about the Celtics interest in Giannis and traveling to Greece. And Austin Ainge told me he was like, look, if we had known Giannis would grow like two inches once he got to the NBA, like obviously this would be a different story, you know, like he would not have fallen to where he had fallen to. And learning about the time where Danny Ainge came to Greece and he came to a road game uh, in a place called Volos and the fans were heckling him. Right. They don't know who he is at first. They think Danny Ainge is an opposing Greek GM. Then they find out he's Danny Ainge and then they start screaming like insults and curses. And then they start screaming Lakers. And then he realizes they're making fun of him because they realize he's Danny Ainge. And <laughs> it's just so great. It's just like, you know, in this place in Volos, he has no idea what they're saying. And then finally they're like, dude, like he's a famous <laughs> GM. So, <laughs> um, he was definitely there. And uh, yeah, I thought you guys would appreciate the Celtics anecdote. But uh, Hammond told me about the Darko thing, too. He was like, look, I knew Giannis wanted his family to come over there. And he's like, I think that's one of the biggest reasons Darko didn't work out because he just he didn't mm -hmm. have that support. So, mm -hmm. you know, the book talks about how lonely Giannis was that rookie year because he didn't have his family. And I don't think people realize how close he was to wanting to quit and go home. And and mm -hmm. so there's there's a chapter about that because it is really hard when you come overseas to to play in the NBA. Absolutely. Or Chris Paul mentioned the fact that Giannis doesn't get as much respect as he maybe should from mm -hmm. not only fans, but other NBA play players during your time working on that book. Did you get any sense that he has that sense that people may not respect him to the level of his capabilities? Yeah, I, it's a really good question. One of the quotes that stand out that I found an interview where somebody he, he said, um, you know, my girlfriend, my parents, everyone keeps telling me I could be the face of the league. But I, the, but then I hear comments where people say I can't be the face of the league because I don't have the American swagger. I don't have, you know, I'm not American. I'm international. And it's so interesting to actually bring this up now with the discourse that we're seeing in, in baseball and things like that. Yeah. But he was very he was like very keenly aware of that angle, to your point. And he's like, but if I can't be the face of the league being exactly as I am, then I don't want to be the face of the league. So I actually. I love that so much. And, you know, his brothers uh, always make fun of him. They're like, how come you still have your accent? You know, how come you just don't get rid of it? And he's like, because this is who I am. You know, yeah. like if you notice, the brothers do not, you know, really have their Greek accent still. And so um, he's obviously keenly aware of what people think. But when you take it to the level of like the absurd memes and like Giannis is not in his bag and the Robin, like he doesn't care. Absolutely doesn't care. Well, we certainly care that he could have been a Celtic. Damn it. 
Um, <laughs> I know. It's, it's, that's painful. <laughs> that, 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 that's, it's just painful. It's absolutely painful. But what is not painful, what is not painful is uh, our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is still kicking. I can't wait that they kick things off after the All-Star break and get that going up. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all your sporting needs, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything and everything you can imagine. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget your your uh, welcome bonus. CLNS50 is the promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Kwani. Yes. Is it game time yet or no? I don't know. I mean, it can be if you'd like. Yeah, we could. Well, you you know what? Before actually, before we get into the answer, I do have one question. I do have one question, and I and because I I was I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and and I'm sure it's it's probably crossed your minds as well. Uh, We we all know about just the soap opera that is what it is with ESPN with Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols, and and all of that. And not getting into that specifically, but but what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, Miriam, was just that being a woman in sports. Uh, particularly in the media game. Can you speak to just some of the challenges that come with that? And, and how have you been able to to navigate that successfully to where you have a very, uh, not only an established career, but one that has tremendous lanes of growth still left ahead of you? How have you been able to, to really manage that and, and have you know your, your gender, which you have no control over, really, yeah. uh, not be an issue or be a hindrance to your growth in, in this industry? Yeah, I mean, first, I definitely just, you know, love and support to Maria Taylor, who I don't know, but who's amazing. And, um, she should be paid everything. Um, well, she getting that bag. I'm gonna just tell you right now. She getting that bag. Yeah. I am very happy to hear that. Um, yeah, it's so weird because it's like, there's been like, I always, I get asked this all the time by, you know, younger students and younger women. They're just like, you know, what, how do you deal with this stuff? And I always tell them you're going to have like your smaller moments smaller painful moments and like bigger, unfortunately, bigger painful moments. And the smaller ones seem really small, but when they happen, they really hurt. And it's, and it's hard because people think it doesn't affect you, but it obviously does affect you. So I think, um, just like being aware that, um, you know, I want, when I, when I want people to think of me, I want them to think of me as like a journalist. Um, and being a woman is, is so important to that, but I've noticed the way that like when I started out trying to get advice from other women in the industry, like it just like wouldn't really respond or, you know, just not really take the time. And it was, it was unfortunate because I'm like, there's so few of us here, like, you know, I just want to be your friend. And I I would notice that at the beginning and um, now more women want to talk to me, but it, I just, I've found that like, there is this like competitive, um, there's only spot for one and it's sad. And I think a lot of the negative things I've experienced actually came from women, not men. Um, which is like very disappointing, but I guess to persevere through it, because of course I deal with the stuff from men too, especially men in positions of power that like the agents and the handlers and them treating you inappropriately. It's like, they know that you need them for access and they put you in this really, awful loop. And so the way that I look at it is like, no story is worth being disrespected for. So if somebody's not treating me the way that, you know, I feel like I should be treated, then I don't have to do that story. Like 
I think when I was younger, I did and I pushed through it and it was uncomfortable, but it's like, now it's like, I don't need to do that. And so I think it's just kind of just saying like, okay, like this is really unfortunate that it happened. And I am going to just, just keep doing this because I want to do this. Not because I'm trying to prove to somebody that I know what I'm talking about. Cause I know Kwani, I'm sure you deal with this as well. Like they look at us and they think we don't know what we're talking about oh, and, um, all the time. And, um, I just stopped thinking about what they thought of me. Like I stopped thinking like that voice in the back, like, I know he doubts my knowledge. I know he thinks that I don't know. I've just stopped. It's like, if you don't think that I know what I'm talking about, or you don't see me in some way, like I'm not, I don't care anymore. So I think it's just getting rid of that, like conscious voice. That's like worried about these things and just staying in my own lane and just staying true to myself. That was really long. Sorry. (laughs) No, please. Yeah. Dropping those knowledge bombs. Yeah. We need more of that. So that's yeah. good stuff. That is good stuff. I, I, I and, and Miran, I'm not telling you anything that I haven't said behind your back. I, I, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, I, I love the way you operate. I love the way you are able to craft long narrative pieces. Uh, you are an example that I use with my students all the time. As you know, uh, some of them reach out to you as and you get yeah, back to them, which I, which, I, which I appreciate uh, because I, I tell them, listen, man, you you. You don't just get talent, just walk up and through the building and you pretend as if, look, if Michael Jordan walk up in the building, what, you're just going to look at him and be like, oh, OK, that's just Michael Jordan. No, you reach mm-hmm. out if they're if they're willing to reach out to you and you have been able to do that. And I am greatly appreciative of that. And many of my students are as well. Um, and Kwani, you know what time it is. <laughs> now it's game time. All right. Okay, Kwani. Game, fill in the lane. We say a phrase and you fill in the blank for it. So if you could write a book about anyone in the NBA for your second book, it would be about blank. Oh, my God. Kawhi. It's time to crack open Kawhi. Kawhi, if you're listening, I do not think of this process as cracking open. I just want to clarify, but okay. Okay. The one NBA story that you remember more than any other story is blank. Mm. Mm -mm -mm Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, that's a really hard question. Okay. Uh, blanking, blanking, blanking. This is what happens when you I, I write always, a lot of really good stories. This right. is what happens I, when you do that. Are you talking about just like NBA, like the things that happen, like big storylines? It can be yeah. one you wrote too. I, re- I remember I remember being on a plane when the Philly Twitter thing happened and everyone's texting me and I'm in the air and I can't respond to this monumental internet moment. <laughs> that just came to life. I was just like not present. I was not present. And like, I have a very large family in in Philly and I was not present for this most like epic internet moment. And I always remember just like, God damn, why do I miss everything? Right. I seriously live under a rock. Of all the days you needed to be on NBA Twitter, it was that day. Exactly. I know. The yeah. one day, the one day. Just like forever. Like there's just a 60 year old woman living inside of me that's just like never in the moment on the internet oh when it, I can't. <laughs> we need to crack you open then. Get the 60 That's, open. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yes, I know. <laughs> right. Our final game is called Starting Five. I'll say a phrase and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I say it. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. The NBA as a league. Has to do better with transparency. Oh, has to do better with, yes. Mm-hmm. Female sports journalists. Wish it was less divisive. Mm. Mm. The Boston Celtics. Marcus Smart. 
There you gave us some, <laughs> for those who missed it, first time she was on the pod, she gave us a Marcus anecdote. So go check that one out. Final one, Mirren Fader. The nerdiest person you know, like constantly, <laughs> just like there's not enough time to read all the books that I want to read. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. Great trait to have. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it allows all those long form stories to just kind of so find a way to flow and ebb the way they're supposed to. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. I'm I'm, I'm I'm full. I'm good. Miriam, this was great. Thank you for joining us for another yeah. episode. We're honored to have had you on this podcast twice. So you're always I'm, welcome. <laughs> I'm honored to talk with you too. You two are amazing. Thank you so much for having me. You are A-list VIP Titanium level status. Titanium. titanium. Wow. Not gold, not platinum, titanium. Wow. All right, Absolutely. I'm good. <laughs> Don't forget the book. Uh, August 10th is when it comes out, correct? Is that the release date? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can pre-order it now in advance at Amazon and all your other uh, places where you can order books in advance. I've got at least one. I think I ordered a copy last time you were on the podcast, and I ordered another one yesterday so coming to his house. <laughs> I, th- I think one of the one of them i think is coming through kindle and the other one is a hardback copy because I, I i don't think i ordered a hard book copy, cover books are the best. they are I they really are love, so. i love them. thank you for doing that no problem thank you thank you for being you Kwani, you, you take us out yes Miran fader <laughs> of the ringer thank you again for joining our podcast thanks guys always great stuff and now that her book is Closer to being released, we've teased up to it to this point where we can actually dig into it and get some real stories out of it. So, what was your biggest yes. takeaway from what? Well, for me, I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff that's going to be in that book, and a lot of good stuff that she talked about. For, for me, it was the Danny Ainge story about yeah. how when they went out there to check on Giannis and how Danny got they treated Danny like he was back in L.A., uh, mm-hmm. where you know just getting booed and all that stuff, and and, and how you know. You know, she shed a little bit of light on why the Celtics, you know, took a pass on on Giannis. And and from their perspective, at that particular moment in time, it made a lot of sense. The one thing we didn't really get into, which I I, I know about, is that Giannis did not play at a high level from a competitive standpoint. So if you talk about a six eight six nine guy who's playing against weak competition, you're probably not looking to take him as a lottery pick, no matter how dominant he is, because you don't have a sense of whether he can physically overwhelm or, or overpower folks mm-hmm. at the next level. And to invest in a, a relatively high pick like that, that's a, a risk that I don't think a lot of teams would have taken. But as she talked about, the GM of the Milwaukee Bucks at the time, John Hammond, that was in his wheelhouse. Hammond had no issue rolling the dice on guys who come with size and, and length. And Giannis, even at 6'8", 6'9", still had pretty good length. Uh, but the fact that he's now 6'11", 7 feet-ish, uh, he's the Greek freak uh, in every sense of the word. So, um, yeah. What about you, Kwani? I love the fact that she kind of went into depth about the, for him, at least from his perspective, of what he's, how he's processed the way people have hated on him and his career over the last few years. I think it's been even more now that he's in the NBA finals. I've seen so many tweets about how he's not respected and how he's trashed. So for even Chris Paul to come out and really just give him some flowers as well. If anything, Chris Paul should be getting his flowers as well 
just goes to show that some players do have respect and are willing to recognize the game that these other players have. But I think there's still a long road ahead for Giannis, particularly because he does come from a different, I guess, basketball background where a lot of players may not be giving him the respect that we've seen that it seems he deserves, but they're not seeing a reason to do so just yet. Yeah, two-time MVP. It's it's hard to, to understand like, why what you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, damn. I mean, I I got that biggest chip of individual chips that you can get two yeah. times. So, yeah. what do you have coming so, down the pipeline from your other? Side oh, of let's see. You know what? We're just going to continue with NBA coverage. I'll be doing that for uh, Bleach Report as well as Boston Sports Journal. I'll probably get into a little bit of a so a couple of Olympic themed stories for ebony.com uh and from a content standpoint that's pretty much what i'll be doing also you know there'll be some garden reports between you know now and and uh you know next couple of weeks we'll certainly be be jumping on that as we kind of delve into team usa uh who ain't looking all that team usa like mm, lately it's not looking um, like the american dream at the moment <laughs> nah, instead of team oh, usa they looking like team used every day that's what they're looking like. So, yeah. but yeah, so yeah, so we got a few things. What about you, Kwani? What do you have coming to NBC Ten? So, it actually, a promo went out today on NBC Ten Boston for a show called The Hub Today. I teased it this last week. I will be one of the recurring hosts on this show. It's from Tuesday, Mondays through Thursdays on NBC Ten. It's a morning show, entertainment, sports, everything really that you get out of a morning show. So you can see me more on the regular there, but also. Ooh. 10 questions continues to live on and I'm still working on this next guest. It's been really hard to get communication with her people, but I'm going to keep the series rolling as well. You got to keep hitting that rock. It's going to crack yeah. some point. <laughs> Just keep emailing. <laughs> there you go. Oh, keep emailing. Send, 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 oh, send. My yeah. last email. <laughs> that I you mean email 17 ago? or 18? Cause <laughs> I don't know if I got 18, but 17, if, if the, the previous 16, I got them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All you got to do is respond. That's it. Yeah. Always. We have to give a shout out to BetOnline AG. If you haven't already, follow them at BetOnline underscore AG. They've been keeping us running from the beginning. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 when you sign up for that bonus. And again, there's so many things to bet on right now. Why not put a few coins in there and see what you can win? Boom. Boom. There you go. Because at the end of the day, we all winning with the Alias Podcast, with the Alias Podcast. Well (laughs) done. Well done. We got another show in the books, Kwani. Nice job, as always. Want to just special shout out to our guest, Miriam Fader, uh, whose book on Giannis Antetokounmpo will be coming out August 10th. You can get an advanced copy through Amazon and and all your other book advanced uh, sites and publications. Uh, And it's going to be a great book. Great book. Uh, she's an amazing writer for The Ringer. Uh, excited to, to finally get it my hands on that book, all 400 pages of it. Because uh, we, we, because you know, you can, there's only so much, 400 pages on my phone is a lot for me to, to consume. I'd much mm-hmm. rather have to crack a book open and go there. So, yeah. Um, I like books. So too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I like the A List podcast. And I like the fact that we one more episode in the books. That's true. For Kwani A. Lunas, I'm Ashra Blakely, and this is the A-List Podcast. We will see you and talk to you very soon. Take care, people.